You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You know, going into the second half, scoring early, moving the ball the way we did, it, it, was, it would have been hard for me to, 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 to make sure. a change right there. I mean, I have to... If that went differently, could you have thought about it? Yes, if it had. But, you know, again, it didn't. Right. So, so it never crossed my mind. Once we got that score, I always felt, okay, here we go, here it comes. That was the best drive of the game. Yeah, but, but you're, you're, you're thinking, here we go, and, and this is what we got to do, and let's continue with this. That's Ron Rivera's interview, NBC4. Welcome back, Grant and Danny. On the fan, Rivera, this is a theme now. This is not just a comment. You catch him off guard. Really, as said for the last couple of weeks, that Carson Wentz may play. And over the last 24 hours now is all but saying he's going to play. This was Rivera's post-game press conference. This was yesterday with reporters after he watched the film. When he was asked by David Aldridge this question about the QB depth chart, Ron, do you did you give do you give any thought to a change of quarterback for next week? No, no, David. I I think that the biggest thing more than anything else is you know sticking with with Taylor and and, and what we're trying to establish. Um, you know, and, and it is something though that obviously is talked about obviously out there, and it is something that you know to to be quite frank, as I do have to think about at some point. But if we can continue to, if we can get back on track and play the way we've played and do things that we've done, um, you know, then we'll stick with where we are. Uh, until then, you know, I, I will, I will do that. I keep coming back to Danny. If we can get back on track and play the way we've played, because they played the way they played exactly the same in both Giants games and in all the games this year. So what is if we get back on track mean? It just means winning. So basically, you're saying to Heineke. All you got to do is go beat San Francisco on the road on a short week cross country. Good luck. All you've got to do against the best defense in the league playing at the top of its game is the tightrope act that we were walking to barely beat the Colts before they fired Frank Reich and to tie the Giants uh, who aren't that good and to uh, beat teams like Chicago who can't throw the ball and the Houston Texans. Yeah, it's San Francisco. It's the team no one wants to play in the NFC playoffs and a possible Super Bowl team. All you got to do is go beat them in this way where 50 things have to go our way. And if you could do that, you can keep your job. Yeah. That's how I'm reading this. The same defense that took a, a Pro Bowl, probably not starter because Pat Mahomes plays in the AFC, but a guy that's going to make the Pro Bowl, one of the highest rated quarterbacks in the league and had him go three for 17 or whatever the hell it was to start the game. That group, you got to do better than that guy did. Good luck. I don't know, man. It, it's... It just tells you that, as we said, it's not the National Fairness League. This is a cruel, unfair situation where there's no, it's almost in, in Rivera's eyes and maybe a lot of people's too. There's almost nothing the guy can do short of miracles on a consistent basis to be able to keep the gig. He's always been better deal. Somebody always wants someone else. And, and that's kind of the, your lot in life as an undrafted free agent who's you know sleeping on couches and sort of clinging to every chance that you get. And that's why he's played with his hair, like, like his hair's on fire. But they don't owe him anything anymore, right? I mean, he, he has played another half season's worth of games, basically. Like, he came in here as a COVID quarterback, and he got all of last year. When they could have benched him and gone to Kyle Allen a couple times, who they actually had given up a fifth-round draft pick for. 
and they gave him extra leash, and they hung on as long as they could, and he got the entire season. So I thought that was, honestly, pretty loyal to him. Then they re-up with him. Uh, I guess he'd already re-signed, but they, they re-up and bringing him back rather than moving on from him. They could have gotten out of that little contract. And he's the backup. They don't go get a, an upgrade to, to play behind Carson Wentz. They stuck with Heineke. And as soon as he goes down, you go to Heineke. And they have rolled with him since. And so if, if you would have, you know, and we probably did have this conversation, honestly, at some point. But if you would have polled people before the season and said, over under seven and a half starts this year for Taylor Heineke, Everyone would have assumed under. Under. He got eight starts. Now, and it's I, I be said nine with San Francisco. Yeah, I said both are going to play, but I thought it would be, you know, the occasional Wentz brain fart game like he had against, you know, you could pick one, Philadelphia or whoever, or an injury or something. I, I figured both would play, but not like this. But my point is he'll have started more games at the end of this That's year right. if he starts the San Francisco game than Wentz, mm-hmm. even if Wentz gets the last two games. Yep. He will have gotten the majority of this season. Nine to eight. And the entirety, other than the first quarter of week one, last season. So there is no more obligation. It, it, you know, we, we talk about, is this fair? Probably not. It is what it is. But he has had an ample opportunity here to show what he's got. And the high watermark has been, you know, these games where he gets to 270 yards, rallying late with some drives against preventative defenses. And Rivera members, when they threw for 337, and 313 and 359 in games early this season, and he knows they're going to have to throw the ball more to have success in the weeks ahead. And aside from all of that, which is just information and facts and stuff like that, you traded so much for this guy. Giving up a lot for him. Imagine spending, I don't know, what is an awesome Tesla cost right now? I got my guys at Lindsay. I go over to Lindsay all the time. I get myself a used Equinox or, you know, I got myself a, uh, something that a Malibu or something and we'll, we'll push it for a couple of years as a family. But, like, if you're going out right now and getting the hottest car that everybody's buying, like, what is that? You could do a $100,000-plus okay. on a couple of those Teslas. Imagine if you go buy one of those, right? Right now, this moment. And then not long after you do, someone gifts you, like, their old beater. <laughs> and it's like a $350, they're like, Hey, we got to do this on the up and up. So give me 300 bucks. Like Venmo me. I'll drop the car off. You can go to the DMV and change the registration over. And you're like, oh, this is kind of fun to drive. This is cool. Imagine the Tesla gets delivered to your house and you just keep driving the beater. No, that would be, it would make the purchase worse. If you just chose to drive the car that you got for a couple hundred bucks rather than the one you invested so much in. They gave up tons to go get Carson Wentz. You have to play him at some point. And that's how Rivera's viewing it. The, the the straw man argument, the counter to that was always, they're winning. You can't play him. You're winning. Well, now you lost. And before that, you tied. Like, the trend is uh-huh. win, 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 win. Now it's a tie that easily could have been a loss. Now it's a loss. Now you're playing San Francisco. If, you, if you've gone three games without a win, including back-to-back losses, it's it's now a, an option. Yeah, now it's open. And they're going to do it as soon as they can. Let's go to Kevin in Arlington. What's up, Kevin? How are you? Hi, guys. Uh, doing well. Hey, Danny, I think the word you were looking for earlier was paddock. Paddock or corral. Paddock is yep. a good word. Paddock or the Matt Corral. Chris yep. Paddock, the former Padres starting pitcher. Oh, good one. But the Nats always exactly, tag. Exactly, Grant. Yeah. But I do believe you all are reading the tea leaves right on this. And I think you've laid out why. And 
if I could just go back to my earlier prediction before the Giants game, I said it's the pivotal game, and if they lose, I'm predicting they're going to lose out. And I think part of losing out will be making that shift from Heineke to Wentz, who's rusty, who doesn't have pass protection with this line. And frankly, uh, the D-line he will face, even if he gets in uh, this weekend against San Francisco's best D-line, the Browns have a tremendous front. And uh, Watson's already knocked off his rust. Carson hasn't. And then you've got that Dallas game that, you know, I don't care if it doesn't mean anything for Dallas. They still like beating us. And if you have that outcome, you're seven, nine, and one. You've, you've probably made people in the locker room question, why'd you go to him? You just heard what Joe Theismann had to say about how he think it would be crazy to go to once. I mean, you've kicked the quarterback can down the road to year four. You don't know what you're doing. I th- Kevin, I think what? it's such a good point. The downside of what we're talking about here, right? We're talking about, hey, if this move works, then you beat these teams the last couple of games. If you don't, it's literally, if, if I can be a little bit dramatic here for a second, the worst-case scenario. You did the move where you won too many games to be in a good spot to select the next guy. You've got an incomplete sample over the dude that you were desperate uh, to, to make happen. It's like your version of fetch, where you were so desperate for Carson Wentz to work out. You still don't know. You're sort of stuck in purgatory again, and you didn't make the playoffs in this year three buildup. And a couple teams that weren't supposed to be there probably beat you out, whether that's Seattle did it, Detroit did it, or the Giants did it. And in your year three ramp up, you finish seven, nine, and one, or whatever the, the, the math would work out to be. That's the worst case scenario. It is. But, and you're going to hate what I'm about to say. You're going to hate this. Oh, no. Okay. This, um, my, one of my favorite lines in The Departed, uh, not The Departed, The, uh, the Town, uh-huh. when, when he's like, I will be 100% honest with you. I swear I'll never lie to you again. She's like, how do I know you're telling the truth? He's like, because you're going to hate the answers. It's just a great line, right? Claire. Uh, Claire, listen to me. I promise. What if they have not yet decided that Wentz is not back next year? And the, they want to use the last eight, maybe it ends up being nine or ten, depending on what happens in San Fran. Yep. Those quarters to see what it looks like. Not only do I... Well, let me try to rephrase it. I'm going to say it the right way. You hate it. I mean, of course I do. But I think that's what's happening. It's very possible. Th- to me, they're looking to justify because this thing. Because think about it. If you move on from Wentz, you can get out of jail free for nothing. Yeah. And you will not be paying $28 million. And I would say that most of us agree that is what they should do. Because you can do the Heineke thing and compete the way they're doing it with a better version of Heineke for way less than $28 million. In other words... If, if Daniel Jones doesn't get franchise tagged and kept in New York, a guy like that's available. You don't have to pay him $28 million and he's just a better version of Heineke. There are dudes like that out there. No longer dreaming about going out and getting a great quarterback, as you can tell. Right? We're talking about, like, I don't know, what is Jacoby Brissett? Who's left? Like, whoever. So they could do the, the, what they've done the last two months. Yeah. It's not fun. I'm not saying that's what I want to sign up for. But it seems like that's what they want to do, right? But they might say, we just saw how hard it is to get a quarterback. Look at what happened last offseason. We almost gave up everything for Russell Wilson. Look what that would have done for us. Mm-hmm. The Broncos are screwed for years. How do we know that's not Aaron Rodgers now? You know, when he becomes available, that's going to ruin whatever team brings him in as he's declining, possibly. Uh, maybe the thought is that 
you know, you, you you tried to go trade for Jimmy G and he wasn't healthy. Maybe now he's going to stay in San Fran. It was too stressful. We almost got left holding the bag. Like the, the bird in the hand is better. They might decide that. I'm not saying they should. But I think that internally they might say, let's see what Carson looks like doing it the way we're doing it right now, which is different than how they did it when he was playing. Mm-hmm. And let's see if he can make it work. Now, I would just tell him to watch the film from Indianapolis because Indianapolis did it this way where they ran it, ran it, ran it, played defense, and Carson took some shots. And I think it could work that way, but it's not worth $28 million doing it that way. Well, I'll even simplify it like this. What year is next year for Rivera and the Martys? Four. You missed your chance to do the kid quarterback thing. They're not going to draft somebody. Unless maybe it's one of those, I need to be around, I need to be allowed to to, to develop and, and let the kid grow, to buy myself some time type maneuvers. But when you start ramping up and you're going, it's year three, really, yes, we, we got expectations to take a, take a big leap, we do. And, and that's my thing about it is it's interesting and important. Well, if you're going to step up in year three, you don't do kid quarterback time. You don't do guy that needs uh, to get wet behind the ears. You don't need to, you know, the, the guy that's going to struggle and be up and down from time to time when you've got this ready-made team to compete, or at least you feel like you do, because they're pretty decent in a lot of spots. They're better than a lot of teams they're playing in, in a bunch of different positions. And the window for having this, these defensive linemen who are excellent is isn't in, you know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, is it permanent? You've got this cadre of receivers who's really good right now this minute. A couple tweaks on the offensive line with a decent quarterback, you can compete with some people. That's not kid quarterback time. They've played themselves out of it with how they've built. They're going to be in the bargain basement tier again. And if you're in the bargain basement tier, the devil you know might be better than than you know the Case Keenum's, the Tyrod Taylors, the whoever else. I think they want Wentz to work out so badly. Well, so yeah, I think it's on the table. I have been loud on this, and maybe I'll end up being loud wrong, but I really believe that when they traded for Carson Wentz, they had no plans on only having him for one year. First, they thought it would work really well. They thought he would be really good, and he would be the starter here for multiple years and maybe even get an extension. But on top of that, I think that part of what they liked was it was a controllable sub-30 million number for their perceived, see Dan Snyder, we finally got our quarterback. You know, franchise QB1. I think that they hope he plays well enough that they are able to go into the offseason feeling like we have our QB. Because this is the this is the messaging they'll send. If, yep. if someone comes at them and says, wait a second, Carson Wentz, we just saw this. You just did this. You can't do that. That doesn't work. They'll say, guys, he had only played five games before he broke his finger as a healthy quarterback in this offense. It takes time, guys. Look, when he knew the offense and he got to do a reset and he sat back and he watched Heineke and then he came back, look at the end of the year. He played a good game against the Browns. He played a good game against Dallas. Who knows? Maybe if he could have come back sooner, we could have made the playoffs. Maybe we would have beat the Giants the first time. I mean, they could spin it however yep. they want to at that point. And, and then you can cherry pick when he was on the field. Like the Jacksonville game, everyone forgets after that week, people were thrilled with how he played in that game. He threw a couple of big-time touchdowns late, four touchdowns, 300 yards they won in week one. People were giddy. The next week in Detroit, they were awful in the first half. He finished 30 of 46 for 337 and three touchdowns. His lone pick, one of his big mistakes, was overshooting Logan Thomas You know, in the seam down the field, which is what Taylor Heineke does once a drive. I know the Cowboys game was abysmal and the Eagles game was an all-time embarrassment, 
but I thought he was mostly really good in the Titans game when he threw for 360 with a couple touchdowns. If he doesn't throw the pick at the goal line at the end of the game and they score, that's a 365-yard, three-touchdown game and a win, and he won the last two games he quarterbacked here and had a winning record, I think, or an even record maybe before he got hurt. They're going to be able to sell this if they want to, and I'm just saying all of us are acting like the decision's been made and they're back in the quarterback market. I'm not convinced. I hope they are. But I'm not convinced. Well, I, let me see that and raise you this. I'm convinced they're doing Wentz unless something dreadful happens the last couple of weeks. Like in other words, I, I think right now it's Wentz. And they want Wentz. They need Wentz. They believe in Wentz. They need to be right about this. So that, that I think that's what's happening unless well, something changes. You you can't. That's The only thing I can say to that is I, I vehemently disagree that right now, this moment, it's Wentz next year. You can't be starting Taylor Heineke over him. And be confident he's your QB1 next year. That makes no sense to me. So if it is Wentz, they should have started him this past week, and every week he's been healthy. Absolutely. Let's go to Absolutely. Kendall and Brandywine on G&D. What's up, Kendall? How are you, buddy? Hey, what's up, fellas? Hey, man. I love how you guys have developed this conversation, and I think you're right on point right now. I think that they – well, going to your point, Danny, you, the way the team has been constructed – you can't – I think they're past the point of getting a rookie quarterback in here. So, I think they want Wentz to work. I do not believe they believe he's going to be the guy uh, because, like you just said, uh, Grant, if they did, then he would have started this week. It, 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 he would have started when he was healthy. So, I don't believe that they're sold, but I think they want to be sold, and I think they're going to give him a chance. And, and quite frankly, as much as we love uh, the attitude that Taylor has and his dog and all this type of stuff – the offense is severely hampered when he's there. I mean, just I mean, twelve points. I mean, this this offense is ready. If we honestly, with these three receivers and the two running backs, I mean, you you, you you're gonna they have top half of the league stuff right there. They have talent wise, yeah. Talent there, and you you just not utilizing it. And I know it's driving Scott mad. I know it's driving the coach mad. So uh, yeah, I, I, but I do think that they want to hope that he can be the guy for next year because they want their jobs. And they need something next year, and it's not going to be a bargain basement quarterback where they don't want it to be or a rookie. Yeah, just right now it looks so bad. The trade that they made looks terrible. If he plays again, it has a chance to look better. I think maybe anything else we say on it is just complicating, Mm -hmm. right? Ralph in D.C., how are you? I'm going all right. I'm glad y'all caught me before I went into school to get my grandbaby. But um, I think, man, honestly, I think we're going to win Saturday. And my remember that I said that. And, yeah, he should have been went back to Carson Wentz because he, 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 we won a game, then he got hurt. So once he got fully healthy, they supposed to win straight back to him, no matter if they win him or not. If that would have been like a, uh, a Patrick Mahomes or somebody like that, and he would have got hurt, of course. they'd have went straight back to him once he got healthy. You know, I'm starting to hear a little bit of a change on the phones, and it's not an exact science, but we are getting way more let's see Wentz calls yeah. than we did a month ago. Well, I think it's as simple as the wind changed direction. It had had they won, had that you know, pass interference gets called, they or Terry McCorn is flagged. But it's flagged. the same thing. You and I know it's the same thing. They were bad the whole time. I keep. I've said this. They Heineke has not dude, done anything dude, for two months. I have been beating this drum where they play the same game every week, and sometimes you lose the coin toss, and we right. act like it's dramatically different. It's not. It's the same. But I'm telling you, from the fan base, they're going. 
yeah, it is different this time. No, it's not. It's the same. And we're all telling you it's the same. The coach is telling you it's the same. Oh, he's, just, he's, he's screaming it into a megaphone. Shoot the flare gun up. Let's go to Chris in Hyattsville. What's up, Chris? What's up, guys? Listen, I, I don't know if I ever told you this, but uh, Phil Knight is my niece's cousin's mother's uncle. And um, he and I have been working on a prototype cleat that adds five inches in height. Mm. And uh, okay. we're thinking about debuting it next uh, week in San Francisco with uh, one Taylor Heineke. Might be helpful. I think that's going to, yeah, I think that's going to fix his uh, middle of the field viewing, you know, vision problem. That'll definitely help. Um, Can you tell Phil Knight to work on a cleat that gives you NFL arm strength next? Well, I can tell you one thing that he, we aren't worried about, and that's heart, to quote Coach Jimmy McGinty, mm, yeah. played by Gene Hackman in the magnum opus, The Replacements. Grant Paulson starred in that film. He knows My it. film. That's right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Thank you, Thank you, buddy. Christopher. I'm not worried about the height. I'm worried about... I am. Nah. I mean, whatever. You could be big or you could be small. Drew Brees is the same size or smaller than Tanner Tanner Heineke, I'm sure. I sound like the guys that call him Tyler every week on the <laughs> TV. He's the, the same size. Do you move in the pocket? Do you find a throwing lane? Do, do you have the footwork to get where you need to go? Do they move the pocket for you? Russell Wilson made a living for a lot of years mm-hmm. in Seattle. You think of Russell Wilson, you think of him throwing from outside the tackle box, right? They're just moving him so the line's not in front of him. There's ways around it. You know what you can't mask? That guy's open for a split second. Can you get that ball in there or not? But this isn't even a beat-up Taylor Heineke session. That's not what we need to be doing. I always say, don't get mad at Reed Dowdy for being Reed Dowdy. Taylor Heineke has been an asset to this organization for two years. He's a good backup quarterback. They've called upon him. He didn't, yes, many times. He didn't tell Carson Wentz, go sit down, I'm playing. He didn't hold a gun to someone's head and say, play me or everyone here is in big, big trouble. They said, Taylor, can you bail us out? He's played some okay football. He's made some plays on fourth down. He's given you everything he's got. It's not going to be enough to get you across the finish line, probably. Are they going to go to Carson Wentz? Are you listening to these cuts? This audio we're playing you from Rivera. He's telling you. He's giving you the playbook. Is there a chance Heineke balls out? Let's, let's look into that. I mean, I know it's a tall order, but what if this is the Brock Purdy game where he becomes Brock Purdy and, uh, you know, it's midnight, and he turns into a pumpkin. And let's say Heineke does Heineke stuff. He throws for a buck 71 and completes 57%, and there's a touchdown and a pick, and he got sacked four times. But they win 17-13 with the greatest defensive game of their season and a, a defensive touchdown. And they shut the 49ers down, and they, they get Purdy to turn it over five times. He keeps his job, right? Yes. I mean, is, is there a chance of that? We're Grant and Danny. You're listening to the fans. With Danny, I'm Grant. This is the fan. You know, Taylor Heineke and a bunch of the commanders, probably like a dozen of them, were in a suite at the Capitals game last night. And I posted a video you can go check out at Grant H. Paulson of Heineke chugging a beer, slamming it on his head, and then pointing at his Tom Wilson sweater and the entire arena going nuts. Uh, But a bunch of the guys are hanging out. They're all pounding beers and, and just drinking and having a good time. I'm sure they set all this up with the team, obviously, before the... The Giants game. And so, ideally, the thought was, we'll beat the Giants. We'll go there. 
The whole town's going to be a buzz because they're going to the playoffs. Uh huh. They'll put us on the screen. We'll all drink beers like Aaron Rodgers has done in those viral videos, and we'll go on our way. Obviously, they didn't beat the Giants. I didn't think twice about this. Me neither. I thought it's a it's a night off. These guys are at a Caps game. They're, they're wearing Caps jerseys and, and gear that they've been given or bought or whatever, and that's awesome. It's just the commander showing love to the hockey team on a big night with great energy in the building at Capital One Arena. But I tweeted, because I didn't have the video yet. I've since posted the video. Taylor Heineke just chugged a beer, smashed the can on his head, pointed to his Tom Wilson jersey on the big screen at the Caps game after Unleash the Fury video. I take back everything I've said, franchise tag him. And that was, you know, I was feeling it in the moment. I was, I was, I was in a good place. You had some fun. I think that's allowed. Right. The amount of fans, though, who have responded to either that tweet or the video of him drinking the beer, who are angry that he's at the game. Have you seen this? People are like, why are they at the game? They have a game on Saturday night with the season on the line. Because it's Tuesday or Monday night, you know, because they're yep. they're off. They're they're adults. Like they'll drink some beers and then they'll be at practice the next morning and everything's gonna be fine. You want them to just sit home and wallow in the loss? I, mean, I I don't understand that at all. Why anyone would give this guy any guff or any of the players, but specifically, it seems like the venom is toward Heineke after they lost. I just don't understand. So I say this the right way. I do understand it when you're upset that they lost and you don't have anywhere to direct that. You've already gotten an argument with your wife or spouse and you've like yelled at your kids and you're cranky at work. And all you want is for the team and player and coach and whomever that you love and whose mood, you know, your your mood is dependent on their performance. You want them to be wallowing in it with you. And when you don't see that, it's bah! But I ask that everybody... As you said, you laid out the case very, very well. Take a step back. Relax. He'll be fine. It'll all be fine. If they lose to San Francisco, this is not Odell Beckham on a spring break trip to you know Miami or whatever it was on the boats. This is not you know Tony Romo on the beach in Mexico. They, they were off. And when you're off, you could step away for a day. There's nothing to study, by the way. There's no game plan installed yet. Nobody's really done anything. I guess he could be he, watching he video of himself throwing. film, but I guess, guess what he's going to be doing. He's going to be watching a lot of film. I'm sure he watched film throughout the day. He had literally all day to do that. They didn't practice. Might have had a meeting or two with a position group coach. or He could go into the office and watch the cut-ups and sit there for 10 hours before anyone saw him. He could have been there from 5 in the morning to 5 at night, 12 hours, and gotten in his car and gone to Capital One Arena. I just I didn't think for one second that this tweet would be, or, or the, you know, the idea of him being there and drinking a beer and cheering on the Caps was anything but cool and fun and positive and just kind of, oh, this is neat. This is some good synergy between the teams. And then to see some of the responses, really, really crazy to me. But, I mean, look, we've talked about this when you and I have debated guys going out to bars or the clubs or whatever. It People have a hard time grasping sometimes that these are just human beings. <laughs> They're just people like you are uh-huh. that happen to play football. Let's go to Vince and Akakik on GND. What's up, Vince? Hey, Vince. What's up, guys? So, um, you uh, love the, you know I love the show. Uh, it's the reason why they pay you out of dollars. Um, I'm sure uh, the very little dollars, tens of dollars. Uh, yes. Y'all seen the question that uh, Ryan screened for me? Screened for me. Y'all literally, you know, uh, answered my question, led right into it. Um, so now that y'all answered my question, I'll say this: 
um, this is the reason. If, if you guys are right, which I do feel like you guys are right, I feel like they're trying every way to slowly let us know that we're going to ride this Carson Wentz thing out next year. Um, and if that's the case, it only confirms for me why I never wanted Ron, why I don't like this coaching staff, because uh, as you guys both feel and, 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 and I feel, Carson is not the guy. So that means there's money that we have to pay him, money that we, we don't get to spend on the Ron Payne, Cam Curl, on the offensive line, on linebackers, and we're stuck right back where we started. And it just hurts my heart to even have to ponder and, and think about that for next season. Same, dude. Uh, the the voluntarily signing up for this carousel. This is the point that that I made a million and one times during the entire Kirk Cousins, Pam, don't Pam, whatever. I know some of you were never going to get on board with Cousins, and that's fine. I know some of you, you know, thought he was great, and that's fine too. My point was, you may be able to do better, but I haven't in thirty years, right? I don't want to ride the carousel where every year it's a new thing. Every year it's a Fitzpatrick. It's a Keenum. It's a Wentz. It's everybody else's leftovers. If they were good, they'd still be with their teams. I just want off this ride. Voluntarily signing up for it, which we now have kind of established through our conversation, is a very distinct possibility, even a likely one. Your turn of phrase, it hurts my heart. It hurts my heart to think about. that. it, It feels basically... Like the whole thing's pointless. Like you know what I mean? Like it's this futile exercise where I'm I'm trying to slap fight the ocean to tell it to stop encroaching on the beach. It's 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 this futile exercise that has I know where it ends, and this guy's going, but this time, but this time it'll work. Yeah. And and yeah, we don't need to re-legislate the cousins thing, but because you know, we're talking about the idea of getting back into the pool, like we're debating, and we know, okay, maybe you can do better. Since he left, you know, he's got, what, 150-some touchdowns. The quarterbacks here have 95. Yeah, the alternative is so much worse. It's, the alternative is so bad. He's at 265 yards per game. The guys here are at 230, you know, 225. It just, you got to be careful, man. Let's go to Chad in Upper Marlboro. Hey, Chad. Hey, gentlemen, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Um, You know, this is turning into like a psychological uh, session where every caller is basically taking their turn on the couch. The last caller was 100% on point. Um, You know, this franchise and specifically the football operations continue to paint themselves into a corner where we're dealing with the same thing year in and year out. We pretty much, and, and Grant, you said it a little earlier, we pretty much have to almost see what we have in Carson Wentz. You can't go into the offseason not knowing again. And the only way to do that is to play him. It's unfortunate because I don't really want to see him play either. But it's what you have to do at this point because you really don't know. We have not had a big enough sample size there. And in terms of Heineke, you're right. Heineke, it, the, the fan base is starting, the callers rather, are starting to see Heineke very differently because we have enough of a sample size. You know, we all project what someone can be. And, you know, the unknown is what we care most about. And now we kind of know what Heineke is. Mm. Like, we've had almost two full seasons to see exactly what he is. And it's not something that the fan base wants to get around. And, you know, so, of course, the unknown has shifted to, well, what can Wentz be? He's only played a certain a handful of games. It takes 
all of this time to figure out a system. You know, his tangibles are far greater than Heineke's, and Heineke's intangibles are no longer moving the needle for the fan base. So, you know, I just don't know where we go from here. I mean, it's an awesome that's a call. sharp call. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really good. I mean, and I think he crystallized something for me because that was eloquently done where he basically said, like, now you're 23 games in. And even though it sounds maybe silly, but even a month ago, I mean, that's a pretty sizable sample, right? Mm-hmm. Like a month ago, you're still going, well, it's only been a few weeks for him. Maybe he can, with the timing of the offense, maybe he will take a leap or make strides. And it's just kind of the same thing. Yeah, it's, it's a year and a half, man. It's what you saw last year, early, middle, late. It's what you saw at the start of this year. It's it, it's the same guy. It's the No one else is walking through that door. What you're seeing is what you're getting. Brian in Maryland. Hey, Brian. Hi, guys. Uh, first of all, long-time listener, first-time caller. Thank you, Brian. Jim Zorn's going to welcome you. Oh, man, got to love Jim Zorn. But, um, yeah, I think – I definitely think that Ron is going back to Carson. And honestly speaking, if not for that game-tying drive that Taylor had in the first Giants game, Carson probably would have started this past game right after the bye week. And I think because of that and also with the game being flexed in the prime time, Ron didn't want to have that narrative going into that high level of the game and putting that kind of pressure not only on himself but also on Carson. And so he's definitely setting Taylor up to – I mean, he's not setting Taylor up necessarily, but it wouldn't surprise me once Taylor goes, let's say, 5 for 15 in the first half on Saturday for less than 50 yards to see Carson Wentz the rest of the way and then see him finish out the rest of the season. Well, and that that's the Thanks, thing. Dude. First, when you go to Wentz, I don't think you go back to Heineke. So let's start there. Mm-hmm. I mean, in other words, if Wentz comes in, barring an injury, obviously, or I mean, even if he completely fell on his face, I think he comes in, let's say he throws two picks in the second half and a couple other passes that could have been picked, and he's like 7 for 20 for 58 yards. I think you say, hey, you know, he was rusty. We tried to get something going. We couldn't. We're going to talk as a staff, and we'll let you guys know later in the week. That's what you say after the game. And then come Monday, you might say, we're still talk- thinking about it. We don't, we don't really know yet. And by Wednesday, you name him the starter. Or, or the the rap sheet or, or Schefter report is leaked. and you know Because at that point, you've told the team in the Wednesday meeting who's going to start. So we'll find out that way. But I think if you go to Carson Wentz. You've gone to Carson during Wentz. During the San Francisco game. Agreed. He's your starter. Like There's no way you're going back to Heineke. The, the following week, in my opinion. We'll give you a double play next. What's going on in our lives? Nothing to do with sports. Remember, we got a pair of Caps tickets. You can win them just by listening at 4 o'clock and at 5 o'clock today. And we'll be joined by our buddy Logan Paulson, who breaks the film down really, really well. We'll get his thoughts on Heineke's performance, the overall outing. Why couldn't Washington get more out of their D-line against the Giants? How do they fix that? Going up against Brock Purdy in San Francisco on the road on Christmas Eve. We'll ask Logan that question at 6 here on Grant and Danny. With Danny, I'm Grant. You are locked into the fan. We are closing in on the holidays. It is December 20th. Five days out from the second best holiday of the calendar year, Danny. Right behind Thanksgiving. Nice little double dip, right? You get the best one and then the one that requires tons of work from adults, but the kids are happy for almost 11 minutes. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. 
You got termites in your coffee. How is your coffee, by the way? This is a hot tea. Oh, you're doing a little tea? A little hot tea. I've had some coffee. Had some hot tea as well, yeah. Uh, I forgot that whenever I like to bring up how great Christmas is, you like to snow on my parade. It is. I'd love, I'd love some snow. It is great. It's a really good thing, but it's work for adults. That's what Christmas is. Everyone should remember that. Now, if we're all okay with that, which I am, because it's not about me. It's about the kids. That's what we're doing. But it is a work event, basically, for parents. I don't ever remember like an entire NFL schedule like the Saturday slate where they've just changed because Sunday is Christmas. When Sunday fell on Christmas seven years ago, I think that's how the math would probably work, right? Interesting. Did this happen? Has this happened three times in my life where basically there's 10 games on Saturday or something like that and then just a few on Sunday because I guess they don't want people playing on Sunday? Or is this now a transition for the league to try to just have a couple nationally televised it's games that. a la Thanksgiving. They they went, the NBA does what? The NBA has Christmas? <laughs> uh, no, they don't. We do. Watch. Okay, but my point is, on Christmas Day on a Sunday, yeah. wouldn't they have just had all the games in the past? No. Or would you have, like, so everyone would have played on a Saturday? Well, maybe. That's a great question. I, now I see what you're asking. What I'm asking I, yeah, is I, I never once remember from my – I know the Commanders have played on Christmas Eve a lot in my life, mm-hmm. and plenty of times it was on Saturday. But I've always thought of the Saturday at the end of the season for Christmas Eve being like what we got last week, where there's three games. Two games on Saturday. Maybe you're one of the rare Saturday games. What I'm saying is on the every seven-year span where, like, now – Christmas is on Sunday. Then maybe it's just Christmas Day that they play. We're like 24 teams playing on Sunday? Yes. I'm going to say maybe that was it. Because I know now that normally they're like, hey, it's Christmas Day. Let's let you know the Lakers play. And that's the marquee thing. And the NFL went, enough of that crap. This will be our holiday now. Well, so if it's on a Tuesday, you're getting NFL games. Because you have you looked at the schedule yet? I haven't. So I, I was surprised because I kept hearing like, oh, yeah, they play on Saturday. Oh, yeah. And then every person I talked to who's a fan of a team was like, yeah, we're on Saturday. Look at all these Saturday games. So they have Saturday, Falcons, Ravens, Lions, Panthers, Bills, Bears, Saints, Browns, Seahawks, Chiefs, Giants, Vikings, Bengals, Patriots. The, the whole slate. All of it. Like the whole the, slate.com. The 4 o'clock window is Commanders, Niners, Eagles, Giants, Raiders, Steelers. There's actually only three games on Sunday and then Monday night. So basically, NFL Red Zone is Saturday. That's all the 1 o'clock and the 4 o'clocks. They've moved it all up a day. So maybe you're right. Maybe it is strategically to have the Thanksgiving triple header kind of deal where one at a time nationally you're watching Packers-Dolphins. Should be okay. Broncos-Rams, by the way. I tell you, before the season, I would have said that's fun. Can you imagine? That's the 430 national game. In the middle of Christmas. Yeah. Broncos, Rams. That's one of the worst games of the year. That's pretty horrendous. Do and, you hate offense? Tune in at 425. And then the, the next one's not much better, by the way. Bucks, Cardinals. Maybe with Trace McSorley starting for Arizona. Yuck. That's tough. A couple I got a couple, you know, last year playoff teams that were red hot at various points. Super Bowl champion a couple years ago from Tampa. And that one looks like a yeah. I mean, it's cool if McSorley plays. He's a local kid, went to high school in the area, and you know, I'm, I'm pumped for him. But I'd like to watch a good football game that that night. Anybody else? I guess we can't flex some things around. No, you can't. Too, in, too late into for the that. Christmas window. Too late. At least Monday night, the Colts are back on primetime again. Why are the Colts on primetime so much? 
I mean, I thought they'd be okay, but good Lord, every time I turn around, they're playing in primetime. It's nuts. All right, let's squeeze in a quick double play brought to you by GovSmart, intelligent IT solutions for government. Visit GovSmart.com. I'm cheating here, Jeeps. A little. This is about sports, but I went on a YouTube rabbit hole last night post-Caps game. 17 years ago today, seems like not that long ago, Kobe Bryant scored 62 points through three quarters against the Dallas Mavericks. And it's not like the Dallas Mavericks were going to finish 10 and 70. That was a team that I think it was 18 and 7 at that point. That was a good Dallas Mavericks team that was a championship contender with Dirk Nowitzki and company. He scored 62 points in a lineup with guys like Smush Parker and a, a bunch of other Jags that they weren't going anywhere. He scored 62 to three quarters, and they were winning by so much that he ends up sitting down. That was a precursor. Here are some of the totals. over. The, again, I went on a journey to look at some of these highlights last night. So he scored 62, 37, 31, 45, 48, 50, 45, 41. These, this is over here uh, a, like a week-plus stretch. That was all leading up to a month from now, January of, 20, uh, of 2006, 122 against the Toronto Raptors, where he scored 81 points. He let everybody know this was coming with his lead-up games. And I was watching some of the highlights and, and some of the different things. Just, A, it's amazing that he's gone. It, it, and I don't mean that in a, in a positive way. It's just I can't believe it. I still can't come to grips with the fact that he's not here anymore. And, B, how unbelievably lethal that guy was as an offensive weapon. Scoring, scoring close, medium, far, every offensive weapon in the arsenal. He was ridiculous. And that was the best scoring stretch of his career. I, I was watching deep into YouTube last night. I mean, his death is still one of those where you'll remember where you were when you heard it. Yeah, gut punch, man. For the rest of time, you'll remember exactly where you were when you got that news. Awful. Beltway Blitz comes your way next on Grant and Danny and our first of a couple of opportunities to give away Caps tickets. We are giving out a pair at the top of the hour at 4 and at 5. So make sure you're listening. Grant and Danny on the fan if you want those tickets next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house and owning it. Having an advocate who can help you navigate negotiations, timelines, inspections, and more can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.